now. Back to Sports 56 Mornings. Isn't it a lovely morning? On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Your first word of the day in local sports every weekday, Sports 56 Mornings. We welcome you back. Hour number two of the program on this Monday, January 29th, 2024. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, their floor model sale continues at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Special financing available at Family Leisure. Currently 35 degrees, cloudy skies. We're looking, though, at a sunny day. At least that's in the forecast for a high and a high of around 50 tonight. Clear skies, a low of 40. Then tomorrow, mostly sunny, some clouds, and a high getting up to 60 degrees. We've been talking a lot about the Tigers. We'll continue to take your calls and texts on that. Then we'll dive into the Grizzlies and the Super Bowl. James Gaddis Jewelers is your family's jeweler. They are also the second-hour sponsor of Sports 56 Mornings. And every Monday and Friday, they bring you the Memphis Sports Fact. Did you know former Memphis Tigers center Jalen Duren had 22 points and a career-high 21 rebounds yesterday in a 120-104 Pistons surprise win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. They could have used Jalen Duren on that Tigers team yesterday in Birmingham. James Gaddis Jewelers, they are your bridal engagement and anniversary jeweler headquarters just a few weeks until Valentine's Day, so you're looking for something special, something in that... uh, In the jewelry field, you need to go to James Gaddis Jewelers because James is going to steer you in the right direction. They have full-service jewelers there ready to help you pick out the right piece of jewelry, whether it be a beautiful watch or a ring. And, of course, a lot of folks will be getting engaged over Valentine's Day. So if that's the case and you haven't picked out your ring yet, make sure you head to James Gaddis Jewelers. But if you're looking for a beautiful bracelet and necklace, pair of earrings, uh, pendant, anything in the world of jewelry, they have it for you at James Gaddis Jewelers, plus the estate and vintage jewelry, which they're always adding to their collection. They are full-service jewelers, as I said. If you need a cleaning, you need a resetting, anything with your jewelry that's a little bit off, you bring it in, they will take care of it for you. All their diamonds are independently graded and certified. It's James Gaddis Jewelers, your family's jeweler at 4900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick, and on the web at gaddisjewelers.com. So the... um just a few numbers on the eye to talk about the fact that those wins early in the year uh, were probably a little deceiving. Three of the SEC teams you beat, Arkansas, Missouri, Vanderbilt, are a combined 1-19 and in SEC play. Wow. And that one win was against Texas A&M, <laughs> the other SEC team you beat, who's also below 500 and tied for ninth in the SEC at 3-4. and four. So the four SEC teams you beat are a combined four and twenty-three in conference play. Michigan is in last place in the Big Ten with one conference win, and the two ACC teams, Virginia and Clemson. Clemson is three and five in conference play. Virginia is the only one of the teams, the Power Conference teams that the Tigers beat, who is actually above five hundred in conference play. They're one game above five hundred. And they lost to Villanova, and Villanova's not exactly drilling teams in the Big East. And Ole Miss was their other loss, and Ole Miss had a nice win yesterday on the road at Texas A&M, on Saturday, I should say. But, again, Ole Miss is not at the top of the Delta Pledge class. No, Villanova's below 500 in conference play as well. I mean, all of those teams, 
uh, other than Ole Miss and Virginia, are below 500. And most of them, again, the SEC, you're, you're talking in Michigan, like these are teams that have either zero or one conference win. Wow. Back to the Sports 56 listener lines we go. Greg is up first. Hi, Greg. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. You know, I just didn't, I didn't just start thinking about this. I thought about this right along this losing streak. I thought about it when they lost to Ole Miss and 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 but Villanova that far ago. Okay. You know, I looked at this portal thing and I thought about it. I said, how does these portal guys be in the portal and they be so good and they are, are, are such talented guys? And then I realized. The portal is two-faced. <laughs> a lot of these guys are in the portal for a reason. They want they won a big part of their offensive scheme on their other team for a reason. Mm-hmm. And they, they left their schools probably for a reason because they felt that they won a bigger part of their, their, their team's uh, uh, offense or they wasn't getting the ball enough or they wasn't doing this and I'm not happy. A lot of reasons why those guys are available is because they've got bad habits and their previous coaches didn't let them play as much or they won the bigger part of their, pro, uh, yeah. their program. They, their defense was weak. They had bad handles. They, uh, uh, they wouldn't box out. They just had bad habits, and they were available. They left their school because they weren't happy, but it's a reason why they weren't playing. Now, I look at this Memphis team, I say, yeah, they're talented. But they've got problems that Memphis cannot win games and Penny can't correct. It's sad, you know. It's one of those strange type of situations, you know, that Penny has a situation that he probably has the most talent in this conference, but he can't necessarily fix it what these guys' problems are. It's hard you're to break them of bad problems. habits. It's hard to, hard to break these guys of bad habits. Your, your two best uh, scorers, they got bad handles. They won't they won't pay defense. They they won't box out. The simple thing, Penny, and I, I hate to hear Penny throw these guys under the bus and say, it's up to them. You know, they, they just won't do this. They're, you are the coach. Yeah, I've right. got to give you some of that blame. Greg, good stuff. I've got to. Good got stuff, to. my friend. Thank you, man. Good stuff. Let me go to Melvin. Melvin, how are you? Hey, I don't. Hey, man. I think I think the problem is it's been a, it's been a pain and pet peeve that he he won't go away from is the pressing. He we like to press. This is not high school. You, if you see with the all these teams we playing right, the UTSA's all these teams they scoring. They going way above what they scoring cause right. we already had a we already had a wagon. Some of the games you call we 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 miss defensive uh, defensive assignment. So you press so they get they gamble more. So you get in foul trouble. So guys, you you, you press it and they they getting wide open shots. Like you like last night, like what the UAB guy he's here with like he had missed like seventeen straight threes. But as you get all these college guys are like six seven years. If you get guys wide open shots, wide open layups, okay, they gonna get on. Then you know the momentum changes. And, and another thing that everybody been saying that he doesn't do, you add another guy. Look at the rotation. Eleven players in the first half. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. The rotation. Okay. Eleven players in the first half. You got to be kidding me! It's uh, the season almost over. With. 
I oh, hear you. The problem, Thank you, Melvin. Appreciate it. Melvin's saying six, seven-year guys. I mean, there are some, so it's not ludicrous anymore, but there's not like the, the bulk of them are the six, seven-year guys. But I mean, going back to what Greg said about bad habits, yeah, sure, some of these guys uh, have bad habits that they're trying to get out of. It's tough to sometimes break people with bad habits. And yes, there are players that certainly are in the portal, a lot of them that are looking for their opportunity to showcase their skills. They're also looking at trying to get as much NIL money as they possibly can, so there's that as well. Um, And it goes back to what you said to open up the show, basically, that these guys aren't invested enough in this team, in this program, in the city. When they're one and done, they're gone. It's water off their backs. I think they care when they're here, but again, if things go awry... You know, it's not like they're going to sulk and 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 really be that disjointed. They're going to just go back out there and try to ball the next game. But it's they got to learn how important it is, and and be more cognizant of that. The fact that it is extremely important, especially to the city. If you look at most of the top teams right now in the rankings, you go you you pull the ring, go down. Look, everybody has transfers. We know that, like the transfer portal, like. You have to be in the transfer portal. Well, most of those teams have at least a couple guys and probably their better players who are who have been there multiple years. Mm-hmm. Like they're so you, you know, here we have Dandridge, like of again, like Jaden is Jaden, like he's not that like Dandridge starter and the, the what but everybody else, like is all brand new. One one year and done. Like but all those other teams have they've got those leaders. Who have actually been there for a few years and probably are a little more invested. You know, Tennessee win got Dalton Connect. Great transfer. He's unbelievable. But they also have Zakai Ziegler and Vescovy mm-hmm. and Josiah Jordan James and all these guys who have been there. They're so if if you came in as a transfer and you tried to be selfish in your one year, yeah. that's not gonna be you're not gonna allow that to happen. You know, North Carolina has Ormando Baycott and RJ Davis, and you go down these lists, like they've got these most of these teams have leaders who have been there for the time to make sure that the other pieces that you put in there are going to fit correctly. I agree completely. I think it has to be a nice mix because you're certainly going to go after the best players available in the portal. That's instant free agency. So you're going to do that. But if you can also have younger players, whether they be high school guys, whether they be JC guys that have a couple of years, two, three years left, and you can develop those players. It's that combination, I think, of the two. David is next up. Hi, David. Yeah, I'm not saying anything bad about this guy personally, but I'm just saying since Tomlin came on board after us having a team that was all together mm-hmm. and working together, looking pretty good, I believe we're 7-3. and three. I could be off a game there. But I know there's three losses and a couple of last-second shots to get us a win and an overtime win against a terrible team. I'm not saying anything bad about the guy. I'm just saying some things happen to the chemistry. Right. And in, in the last 10 games, the, I think Tomlin's been here 10. I could be off by one. It's Y'all nine. It's nine. He, they're six and three okay. since he joined because Vanderbilt okay. was his first game. Okay. Well, I was trying. I was giving him seven and three. So, yeah, thank you. Guys. <laughs> but I'm just saying they're um, wishful thinking maybe. I'm, but I'm saying they something's off with the chemistry, obviously. You don't have to be a genius to say that. It, that doesn't make me, you know, Howard Cosell or anything. But I'm saying – it, I think you had a team that worked together, went down, you know, to the uh, Caribbean, wherever that was. But wherever it was, they played together, they had all that extra time together. And then, you know, several games into the season, you drop this other guy who's a great athlete, but you just drop him into the mix. And okay. That's the re- that's the reason they kept saying we didn't want DeAndre to join the team because they had such good chemistry. If you recall that report back when he got finally, 
you know, his ruling, they said, we don't want to mess chemistry right. up having out there practicing. But with also, you, can, then, you yeah. can also, David, throw in the fact that it coincides also with the loss of Caleb Mills. At that same time period, when, yeah. when Tomlin yeah. came yeah. in, they lose their best perimeter defender. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I agree. But that's all I had. Thank you, guys. Thank you, David. And you're not the first one to bring that up. I mean, it's it's an interesting point. Again, the, I, I do agree when you add somebody that can change the whole chemistry. And they talked about it. And Penny talked about chemistry and not being on the same page. And then they went out and then they brought Jordan Brown back. So another guy who's trying to implement himself back into the, you know, integrate himself, I should say, and in, in, back into this whole situation. It's, it's certainly... Uh, taxing, I think, on players that have been there throughout thick and thin, and all of a sudden, here's a player, oh, uh, here's another player back in the fold. Keith is next. Hi, Keith. Hey, guys. Hey. I mean, I think Penny's too soft on these boys. I'm sorry. I do. I think they think they can go out there and just throw the ball away all day long, and mm-hmm. Penny's not going to He's not going to get on them. And I don't want Penny to be, you know, a, a mean person. He's a great ambassador for the city and, and, and these players. and I mean, he's a great recruiter. But he's got to get tough on these boys. They can't just go out there and not play defense and just throw the ball all over the place and yeah. throw it away. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no recourse. I, I understand what you're saying. Thank you, Keith. Appreciate that. But they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. David Jones, again, doesn't have good handles. But he's an unbelievable scorer, and he rebounds the basketball. Doesn't play great man-to-man defense. But what are you going to do? Take that guy out? You're going to take? You're going to not play David Jones? I mean, he's probably single-handedly won him three or four games, and Quinterly's won him a couple other games. With those guys, they don't win as many games as they've won. Yet they're also struggling defensively, individually. Yeah, and, and again, it goes back to what the the caller said a little bit ago. Like there's a reason you got these guys. Like there's a reason they were in the, available in the portal, and you were able to get them. Right. Well, you heard what Nate Oates said they, about they, JQ, and I, I don't they, agree. But they had deficiencies. Like they're they. If David Jones was a great defender and everything else, guess what? He wouldn't be at Memphis. He'd be the NBA. He'd be at. He'd either be at the NBA. Or he'd go to Duke or North Carolina or Kansas. Would have taken him. All right. Like that, that's that's the way it works. Let me go to Carl. Hey, Carl. Craig. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, uh, I, I love Penny. Watched him ever since he came out of high school. But I'm just kind of wondering, is it just me or every year do we hear this same thing once we get in this funk or whatever that, man, we don't have the chemistry of these guys in the huddle, these guys in the locker room. These, you know, they're not mm-hmm. doing it. It seems like it's a repeated same old thing. So, to me, it's either he doesn't know how to put all that together at a top-notch level, or these guys aren't all they're billed to be. But we're getting – it's kind of the same story every year. And last year, I think, because we had Kendrick Davis and a couple other pieces, DeAndre. they had the talent to, yeah, to, to make it through with the talent we had. And we don't have that particular two guys or whatever this year. But ever since he's been there, we kind of hear the same thing. I hear so I'm just kind of yeah. wondering where the, where the disconnect is. Gotcha, Carl. Thank you very much. Here's the thing, though. This this one of the six years is the weird one because they started out incredibly well. And again, you just went over how those teams now, in retrospect, are struggling. But at the time, you were playing the Michigans, the Arkansas, and you played extremely well. You had the one debacle was Villanova, and you had the meltdown at Ole Miss. But I don't think anybody 
could look into the future, into their crystal ball, and see what was going to happen here in January. Nobody could have. So it's a little bit different than teams he's had in the past when he had the big class with Wiseman. Oh, here are these young... Well, the young guys are going to struggle because they're making the transition from high school to college, and they did. Last year's team was interesting because you had Kendrick Davis, who they got in the portal, terrific player. DeAndre Williams was returning for another year, and then he brought in some other guys who were role players and knew exactly what their roles were. They got better and better. They weren't as talented as this team, not even close. But they did have an incredibly, you know, a duo that was incredibly talented. But they got better and better, and as they get to the tournament, you know, they're playing well. And then, unfortunately, they have the meltdown against Florida Atlantic on that last defensive play. The rest is history. Florida Atlantic goes to the Final Four. Memphis is a one-and-done. So you turn around, you put this new team together. Every year is going to be this type of thing. New team with a bunch of new players. And they start out great. The first time I can remember that Memphis started out well in the six years that Penny's been here. Normally they play in one of those tournaments, lose two out of three. So everything was going well. So this is a – it's it kind of comes to the same conclusion, but in a roundabout way, a different way than in the past. Yeah, it's – in. To his point, yes, it, it is every single year. Like we've, we've pretty much every year we've had the point where Penny talks about chemistry issues. And again, I do. I think there's something to be said for um, having those guys in the locker room who have been here for a while and can be those leaders. You had DeAndre last year. You had Alex Lomax last year. Like you had guys who had been around the program. Um, when you're just bringing in a whole big group of guys who have not been around, mm-hmm. that's you're to try and if they want to, you know, try and step up and be lead. Like it's it's hard to step up and just be that leader in the locker room when you you're brand new to the program. Um, and again, how invested truly are you? Um, some more text messages here. Somebody says, "Put Penny on mandatory vacation for the rest of the year. Let Stansbury coach." <laughs> I knew that was coming somewhere. Uh, Darrell says Penny can't coach period I knew it when he took the job but uh, UAB is a good team no sin to lose that one well Andy Kennedy's he's a pretty damn good coach but still you gotta win that game especially with a week to prepare uh, that's a UAB team that has losses to Bradley McNeese State Southern Miss Arkansas State They've been played. They've played well in conference play. Their only losses are Florida Atlantic and Charlotte. But again, they're they're one uh, one thirty seven in Ken Palm's rankings. Like here's, was that here, gonna, here's I did, Charlotte. Didn't expect that one to be in one of the easy ones of the thing. But again, like you should be able to go to, and you certainly shouldn't be giving up ninety seven points to them. Well, that's don't get me started with the defense. That's what we opened the show with the defense or lack thereof. A whole week to prepare when. Solely, it was all about defense. Penny said that, that the concentration was all on defense. And they give up 45 at the half to UAB and then 97 for the game. Charlotte, by the way, newcomer to the conference. 7-1. and one. They won seven straight games in the conference. They're 13-7 and seven overall. Tied for the lead with Florida Atlantic, who you expect to be there, at 7-1 and one and 17-4 and four overall. I couldn't name one guy on that Charlotte roster. I mean, South Florida, 6-1. and one. Coming back from 20 down to beat Memphis. UAB, we just talked about them, 5-2. North Texas is 5-2, 12-7 overall. Then you finally get down to Memphis. And think about it. 
Tulsa on the road was a tough win. UTSA was an overtime win. Who am I missing? In the conference, nothing's been easy except that second half at Wichita State when you thought they turned the corner in that game. That performance in that second half. Here you go. That's Memphis. That's the Tigers we saw earlier in the year. But then it disappeared again. Uh, another texter says, not a Memphis fan, but the loss of Caleb Mills is what really hurt them. It's hurt. Um, there's no but, question. And Yeah, there's no doubt it hurt. But Caleb Mills was here when they played a Vanderbilt team that, again, hasn't won an SEC game yet and took them down to a last-second shot on Memphis's home floor. Mm-hmm. Caleb Mills was there for the Tulsa game that came down to a final shot, mm-hmm. and they had to hit. So it's not like this; these bad performances have only been since Caleb Mills got got right. hurt. Right. Like they, those it's are, a loss. Nobody's going to argue that it's not, but it shouldn't be the difference of winning games and going on three-game losing streaks in this conference. Uh, Texas says Ole Miss has a new head coach and three returning players from last year's team, and they're 17-3. and three. Difference in them in Memphis is they have a solid coach. Well, they have a great coach. But again, I will also say this for them, even the 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 returning players, guys who have been there for a long time and are the important guys. Like it's Matthew Morrell, it's Break, Breakfield. Breakfield, like, sorry. Uh these guys, that's that's huge to have those types of guys who have who are important players and have been there a while to provide that leadership. You know, Jalen Murray's come in, he's been great. Um but you know, you also have those guys, those who have been around the program and and can be the locker room type guys. Just for kicks, where do you think this Memphis team would be if they had DeAndre Williams? Uh, probably in the same spot. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, do you, know. don't you think DeAndre Williams would have made would, his I think voice? It would make a difference. Yeah, he would have yeah. made his voice heard. I think they probably would be sitting here with maybe the one loss to Villanova. Town Village Audubon Park, senior living in today's world, offering more options to fit your needs more than ever before. They're dedicated to the long-term satisfaction and the quality of life for their residents. All they ask is that you're 55 years of age or older. You can give them a call, find out more information, set up a tour, 901-537-0002, or go online to townvillageaudubonpark.com. You're thinking about your golden years. You're looking about the, or thinking about the future of a loved one, a parent, a grandparent. Think Town Village Audubon Park at 950 Cherry Road, just off Park Avenue. Independent living, short-term respite stay available, monthly options, great events scheduled with activities galore for their residents. And uh, everything you want, again, for those uh, golden years for you or for a loved one. All the modern amenities. Apartments include full kitchen, washer and dryer, all-inclusive resort-style dining, multiple venues, bi-weekly housekeeping, outpatient therapy. And then the community social area, which includes feet, uh, fitness center, home theater, game rooms, indoor pool, whirlpool, bistro, on and on and on. It's Town Village, Audubon Park. They do it right. Senior living in today's world at 950 Cherry Road, just off Park Avenue. Call them at 901-537-0002 or online at townvillageaudubonpark.com. When we come back, we'll wrap up with the text. We're going to get into the rest of the college basketball scene, plus the Grizzlies from their weekend. They'll be back in action tonight hosting the Sacramento Kings. And then we'll turn our attention to Super Bowl 58. It's now set with the Chiefs and the 49ers. That's all still to come right here on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online 
at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Genuine diamonds, baby. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Elsewhere in college basketball over the weekend in the SEC, Ole Miss got a nice win over Texas A&M on the road. We just alluded to that. 71-68. Rebs go to 17-3 and and now above 500 in the league at 4-3. and yeah, nice. They they needed a road. They needed to show they could do something on the road. Um, and I don't know if it was because of their defense. But Texas A&M really struggled shooting the basketball. Outside of Wade Taylor, um, they were awful. He was great. The rest of their team was terrible shooting the basketball. Uh, Jalen Murray was really good once again for Ole Miss, and like he has been. And uh, that's a nice big big road win. I get for them. 500 in the ACC or in the SEC, I would assume, gets you in the tournament. I would think so. 13 and 0 non conference, even without any great wins in the non conference. If you can go, if they go 500 and to do that, all they need to do is pick up a, a road win here or there because they've been really good at home and they're, you know, that probably puts them at that 500 mark. Well, big battle tomorrow night against Mississippi State. Ole Miss got the big road win over the weekend. Mississippi State, even though they were at home, it was a really nice win. They knock off eighth ranked Auburn 64 to 58. Top 10 teams on the road in conference play, you could just chalk it up as a loss, right? <laughs> it is just, it doesn't matter the conference, it doesn't matter the team. If a top 10 team is on the road right now, chances are they're losing the game. Well, DJ Jeffries, by the way, in that game, the Memphian 12 rebounds to help Mississippi State. Um, there were a couple of differences, though, to your theory there, because Tennessee and Kentucky both picked up road wins in the conference and they are ranked. But it was a little sketchy there for a while. Kentucky ends up winning on the road, uh, 63-57 to at Arkansas. Meanwhile, it was Tennessee knocking off Vanderbilt at Memorial Gym in Nashville, 75-62. Yeah, both trailed at halftime, I they believe. They did, yes. Um, and again, those are two of the – Arkansas just is mind-blowing what has happened there. Um, Vanderbilt, I just I don't know how long they can – Right out Jerry Stackhouse. Like it's, it is, uh, you talk about injuries or whatever, but like they're, they've, they're just bad every single year and they have been under him. They are 0 6 in the conference, 5 and 14 overall. What was the football record for Vanderbilt? Uh, I don't remember what they, I feel like it's like the worst combination of the two in like their history. I could be wrong about that. I'm probably wrong about that, but man, it is, it is not good. The combination of the, you know, the two moneymakers, football and men's basketball. Elsewhere in the SEC, good one between Georgia and Florida. 102-98, the Gators. They blew a big lead. Georgia rallied. Mike White going up against his former team. Florida gets the win in overtime in that one. Yeah, they had the 21-point lead in the second half and blew that, um, but able to recover and get the win in overtime. Mike White did a nice job at Georgia. He, he really has. South Carolina uh, beat Mizzou 72 64. What do you got? I was going to answer your question. Vanderbilt was 2 and 10. Vanderbilt was 2 and 10 season. in football. So they have a combined seven wins total between men's basketball and football. Wow. 
Not not good. Uh, Mizzou, as I said, lose at South Carolina 72-64. I tell you, Paris has done a nice job with South Carolina. The Gamecocks are now 17-3 overall, 5-2 in the conference. That's a team, look out for them getting into the top 25. I think there's a good chance today that happens. They they play. You talk about a team that plays defense. He's got those guys. And I love he. What did they say on the his thing is, he says if he has, I believe his thing is, if he has 75% of the talent of his opponent, he believes they should win every time. That says an awful lot that's about a coach. Like, that says a lot about a coach like, and his coaching staff. That, that's confidence right there. But he's like, I think it's, a, it's 75%. If he has 75% of the talent, he expects to win the game. Wow. Alabama beat LSU 109-88. to The Tide continue to set the pace in the SEC. They are 6-1 and one in the conference. 14-6, and six, though, overall. Tennessee 5-1. and one. Then I mentioned South Carolina and Auburn and Kentucky all at 5-2. and two. Then you go down to Ole Miss, Florida, and Georgia all at 4-3. and three. You mentioned this earlier. Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Missouri, the bottom three, a combined 1-19 and 19 in the conference. Talking about that Tennessee team, and again, Dalton Connect. Um, He's connected thir- with everybody, 32 again. So his last five games, 28, 36, 39, 25, 32. That dude is straight up balling. <laughs> like, it's just... It is, and I think he had 32, and he, what, he was terrible at the free throw line in this game. I don't remember what he ended up, but he was like terrible at the free throw line and still ended up with 32 points. And he's usually a really good free throw shooter. Where out in the West did he come from again? What, he was what? at Northern Colorado. Okay, Northern Colorado. At Northern Colorado, was he looked at as, you know, this is a phenom that one day could be an NBA player, and he just, wow, he's at, almost like Damian Lillard was at Weber State. And then in this day and age of the NIL and the portal, you're going to jump in, which he did. He went to Tennessee. Like, how was he regarded? Because, you know, finding shooter, just to me, I, I I don't know. Maybe it's hard to recruit those guys at Memphis, but those, like, shooters, just those dudes that just all they do is shoot. They're gym rats, and all they do is shoot that outside shot. And you don't see too many of those guys. I mean, never you see them, those pure shooters. They can't do anything else, basically. And I'm not saying Connect can't do anything else, but he's long and he's rangy and all that, but he is an offensive, skilled player. He can take it to the hole. So he's more than just a spot-up shooter. But I'm talking about Memphis help, would be helped out with just that spot-up, dead-eye shooter. Maybe Ashton will be the guy eventually, but that's what they certainly need. His first year at Northern Colorado, he averaged nine points. And then last year, he averaged 20. And so he made a big jump from his first year to his second year at Northern Colorado. Mm. Um, And then, obviously, a great find by Tennessee and Rick Barnes to to get him and bring him into the SEC. And, yeah, he's – he is – He's shown that it did. Uh, he could play the ten, play the SEC as well because he is just absolutely incredible and probably making a few more dollars than he did at Northern Colorado. I'm, I'm guessing. Just just throw it out there. So the next, I don't know where he was like ranked in the mm-hmm. transfer portal rankings and how many other teams were trying to get him. I I, I have no idea. But boy, oh boy, he has been huge for Tennessee. And you know, I he, you know I, I firmly believe Tennessee is. One of I don't I don't know how big the pool is of teams that can win the national championship this year, but Tennessee is in that pool. There's no question about it. You may have mentioned this and I missed it, but I know you said the Ken at Ken Palm, Memphis 61 this morning. The net is 66, mm-hmm. and then Bart Torvik, they're at 78. Wow, 
just amazing how they have fallen from grace here over the uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, another text here says it, uh, guys. It just comes down to Penny can't coach. I felt sorry for him when they had him mic'd up and he couldn't even multitask to tell the guys on the TV what they were trying to do. He just looks lost. Andy Kennedy did it with no problem. It's just a difference in coaching. He couldn't coach in high school. He was just surrounded with crazy talent. Mm. And I didn't, I, I wish, I'm going to go back and watch the two mic'd up segments because I know a lot of people have texted in and have talked about it. And again, I, I didn't have the volume um, to hear it. Andy, there's no the only thing I would have been again with with Andy. The only thing I mean, well, he's, he's got to drop. A, he's got the TV experience. Yes, yes. Well, first of all, but and he's but he's a great at talking and everything else. The only thing with him, I was like, dude, I don't know how they're doing this without him cussing. Like, especially when I saw him, like still yelling at his team and stuff. I'm like, oh god, this is this, this is recipe for disaster here. FCC is going to have their finger waiting on this one. <laughs> I said they needed a delay for AK, but man, he's he's a professional. Like you said, he has the background also of the broadcasting industry. He knew what he was doing. He was able to coach his team and still answer all the questions. I said this earlier. I I don't fault Penny, but it was just awkward silence a lot of times where Penny didn't hear the question or pretended to not hear the question and he didn't respond to it. So that just that one was not a match made in heaven. Kennedy's was. Now, it may not be everybody's cup of tea. I thought it was very interesting. And again, why did they do this? In my opinion, they're going up against the NFL for goodness sakes on a Sunday. So they're trying something different. It's an American Conference regular season game. You know, people are saying, hey, man, maybe they're doing it because it's a big old rivalry. Eh, come on. It, they're doing it to try something different. It, it kind of worked with Kennedy. Some people still didn't like it. It didn't really work with Penny. Again, I don't blame Penny. I don't know if he heard everything that was going on. But you could hear the differences between, you know, Penny. And he's coaching up his team, but a little bit more demonstrative was AK. But he did not drop an F-bomb. That's good. Good. Good for him. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he's very I'm sure he was very pleased with that as well. He's like, did I just get through that? Like, because he wouldn't even have known. Probably, he's like, did I just get through that without? I didn't do anything wrong, right? I didn't say anything wrong. That's 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 pretty good. Came out of an unscathed. I uh, I didn't get the chance to hear because I was over at East Coast Wings watching all of the different stuff yesterday. Of course, you had the NFL on, you had the Grizzlies, you had the Tigers all going on at the same time. Um, but and there was a great crowd in there watching all of the different games that were going on and enjoying some great food. Great drinks and just a great atmosphere as well. 60 different flavors of wings to choose from over at East Coast Wings and Grill. Mondays, they do have their special on boneless wings. That's 75 cent boneless wings all day, every Monday over at East Coast Wings and Grill. 3.30 to 6.30 is happy hour, Monday through Friday with two for one on the draft beers. Bucket specials and more. 24 different draft beers on tap, including many of the local beers, which uh, we have so many great local beers here, and they've got a lot of those on tap over at East Coast Wings and Grill. Located just off Highway 64. That's uh, right there between the Lowe's and the Walmart of Highway 64. Kate Hyde Boulevard is the street that runs right between those two, and that's where you'll find East Coast Wings and Grill. I'm not going to sit here and say I enjoy watching a Grizzlies team that's a shell of themselves with all the injuries, but I do appreciate the fight of these young players and uh, I I have watched them and um, we'll talk about that when we return. They got a game tonight against the Sacramento Kings over the weekend a win on Friday and a close loss on Sunday. Grizzlies conversation when we return. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk Sports 56 and 98.5 FM Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Diamonds are forever. Woo! Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. The Grizzlies split two over the weekend, winning Friday night at home, knocking off the Magic, 107-106. So there, Eli, they can win at home. Jaron Jackson Jr. at 30 points, 8 rebounds. Luke Kennard, 15 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. Zaire Williams, I called him out. He had a really good game on Friday, 17 points, 5 assists. Not so much on Sunday, but good to see Zaire contributing in a big way. And they win that game over the Magic. It came down to the wire. The Magic had a chance, but the Grizzlies prevail. And then Sunday, the Grizzlies, without Luke Kennard, go to Indiana. Of course, without a bunch of guys. The Pacers were without Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Pacers win it in the end, 116-110. to uh, Benedict Matherin, that guy is good. Twenty. I, I liked him when he, they drafted him. 24 points off the bench. Former Maryland Terrapin, Jalen Smith. They call him Sticks, 19 and 10. For the Grizzlies, Tripp had 25. Uh, you had a really nice game from Vince Williams, 20 points and 8 rebounds. And G.G. Jackson with 18 points off the bench, but just a little bit shy in their game against Indiana. As I said before the break, these, these young Grizzlies, they're continuing to play hard. They're never going to quit this team. It doesn't matter. They're never waving the white flag no matter how far out of it they are. And uh, they they went ahead and split the two. And then tonight, the Sacramento Kings. Big challenge with the Kings coming in at 7.05. Friday night's game was just a lot of fun. Um, you know, the, These guys are playing so hard, it makes it fun. And, I mean, they just kept hitting big shots. Uh, Jaron was just poor Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter had a good offensive game. But, man, oh, man, I felt bad for that dude. <laughs> Jaron just bullied him all night long and I'm like if I, at some point you think like hey, you may want to send a little help like I, I was amazed how they just kept trying to guard Jaron one on one and Jaron just bully his way to the basket and get a layup I was like at what point do you say you know what maybe we're going to try something different I had so many questions about Jamal Mosley's coaching tactics and his rotation in that game to me he gave one away but I am so happy to see this Jaron Jackson Jr. I, I love it. Jaron Jackson Jr. is nearly unstoppable against most opponents when he is aggressive as he is. So if there's one thing, maybe two things that have come out of this whole situation this season that are positives, number one, Vince Williams ascending, G.G. Jackson showing us what he's capable of doing, and Jaron Jackson Jr., the aggressive Jaron Jackson Jr. And uh, also from Friday night, uh, this just in... Palo Caro is good. Really good. He's a lot, he's bigger. He has gotten, he's huge now. Like he is built. That dude is, he's a problem. Have you guys tried? He's, Mike, Mike Miller's going to make a lot of money off Palo Caro. Yeah, saw Mike before the game. He represents both Wendell Carter and Palo Caro. So I don't know if you guys have looked at it yet. The 41 names that were on the list, the first list for the possible Olympic team, right? Mm-hmm. Have you tried to like narrow it down to 12? It's only 12, right? You mm-hmm. only get 12. It's almost impossible. If all those veteran guys are going, now there'll probably be well, a couple. They won't. Well, there. yeah, but a couple will bail out, but this isn't the FIBA World Championships. This is the Olympic Games. It's a last hurrah for probably Steph. It's definitely a last hurrah for LeBron and who knows with AD and all that. I wonder how many of those guys will go because it is almost impossible for 
these great players to even make that team. But I was thinking Paolo Bencaro as another big, I, I think has a great chance to be on that team. He could. Obviously, he was on the, the World Cup team. I mean, the dude's, again, really, really good. And uh, It may come down to Jaron Jackson Jr. and Bencaro for that last big spot. If Davis goes... And some of the other ones, Bam Adebayo, I figure, will be on that team. Joel Embiid is going to play for the United States. Steve Kerr going to make him a center like he did during the FIBA tournament? I hope not. But if they don't, if they make him a forward, Jackson has a chance. But Palo, I don't know if I wouldn't lean toward Palo. But that try, try, to, try to come up with 12. It's going to drive you crazy trying to do that. The other thing that I still have not figured out from Friday night's game, and I, have, I can't get an answer. Nobody seems to know. The Grizzlies... Scotty Pippen Jr. wasn't in uniform. Right. And they said it was because they want to save games for him because he's on a two-way deal. But there's less than 50 games remaining. So the only thing I could think is that if you sign a guy mid-season to a two-way deal, you only get a certain percent. You don't get the full 50 games with them. You only get like a certain percentage of it. Because I can't. I was like, I think they're resting him. I was like, Gilliard would be the one you need to save games with. He's going to hit the 50-game mark. Scotty Pippen Jr. can't hit 50 games for the Grizzlies this year because there's 50 for him to play it. So I, but and I, I've asked a bunch of people, like nobody seems to know for sure exactly what that rule is. If there is some rule about the number of games you get signing a guy midseason, I was at the game. First thing I I looked at and saw when they were warming up before the game was that Scotty Pippen was not out there, and I was asking around as well. Parker Fleming, a couple of people that were near me. Uh, nobody had the answer. I think the answer, though, is what you said. I do think it's a percentage, and that's why they didn't play him. And it's weird because it's not like Gilliard started. They they rolled out five guys, and none of them were point guards, just like the same situation yesterday in their game against Indiana. They didn't really have a true point guard. I and mean, there's no Bain. There's no Smart. There's obviously no Ja. Um, weird, but it was effective on Friday. They got the win. But I think that's the answer. I think it's a percentage. Speaking of... Two-way guys are guys who might end up on and, and point guards. Kendrick Davis, who will get play tonight for Santa Cruz against the Hustle, but Friday night um, he was really good, twenty-three and fourteen. He's been really, really good here, especially of late in the G League. Been dominating, but uh, he, he had 23 points, 14 assists on Friday night against the Hustle. He might uh, be able to earn himself a two-way contract somewhere or maybe a 10-day here or there because he's he's been really playing well and really shooting it well. Yeah, he's in a nice groove right now. I, I love that kid. I You know, he's, he's playing for his son. I think Kendrick Davis has a chance, and we've already seen Lester Quinones with the call-up, playing with the Warriors. He's on a two-way. Nice to see these former Tigers progressing. It. Um, he also, and this was bizarre, so he gets called Friday night for a pump fake on a free throw. He got called for a lane violation, and I was like, and the referee was actually funny because the referee running back down the court turned to us and he said, I've never seen that, but it was a pump fake. So it's a lane violation. And I was laughing because I had never seen it either, except for the fact that earlier in the day, or I said Friday, Saturday, earlier in the day, Saturday, mm-hmm. I saw it called it a college game. <laughs> but they then overturned it, the college game. Like they called it first a pump fake, and then the referees got together, discussed it, and then they ended up calling him back and saying that they, no, it was not, it was just his regular shooting motion. It wasn't a pump fake. But I was like, this is bizarre that I've literally never seen this in my entire life. And in one day, 
I saw it twice, although one ended up not being a perfect. But like I've, I, that is bizarre to get. And even this referee was like, I've never seen that, <laughs> but he pump faked. So like, I, I, I got to call it. It was I, weird. I know there's not much you can do about it because it's the schedule and it's not like it hasn't happened before. But I hate the fact that you have the Grizzlies playing at home tonight when the when the um, Hustle are playing at home. Oh no, it's it sucks, and there I I wish I don't know why it happens as often as it does. You'd think um, the G League they could do better job of scheduling, especially the G League games, because I mean, the Grizzly or the Hustle won't play again until Saturday. Um, so you got plenty of time. Um, but yeah, it's. It is just that's that's the way it works out a lot of the time um, that they end up both being at home on the same night. We did have we had Harold Grader in the crowd Saturday night. Sean HG? Ma- Sean McKeel was in the crowd Saturday night. Wow, how about we that? We had an all star crowd down at uh, the Lander Center on on Saturday for the for that game. Very very nice. Lawn Solutions is a locally owned weed control fertilization company that serves the greater Memphis area. The owner's name is Brandon Holly. He is a True gentleman, and he has a team of professionals that could take care of your lawn. This is a locally owned, family operated company. You can go online to find out more about them at lawnsolutionsinc.net. Call them at 901 867 5626. They take care of your lawn all year long. It's not a lawn mowing service. They will give you that green, plush, beautiful lawn that is rid of weeds. They control the germination of the weeds all year, as I mentioned, by applying pre emergence during the winter months. So, right now, you'll See their vans around the area, driving around, and then doing the treatment on the grass. So they're taking care of it even while the grass is dormant. And then the post-emergence are applied during the summer. It's a lot easier to prevent the weeds from popping up than it is to kill them, but they can do that as well. So if you don't call them and and and, and hire them till the spring and you already got the weeds up, that doesn't matter. They'll, they'll kill them then and take care of that, and you'll be rid of the weeds for all uh, all summer and all fall. And if you want to take care of them uh, for years to come, you'll never see those weeds again. That's what they do. They could take care of any disease your lawn has. They could take care of any insect infestation. They're the best at what they do. It's lawnsolutionsinc.net, 901-867-5626. Call them today. Locally owned and family operated. It's Lawn Solutions. When we come back, hour three, the Super Bowl is set. We got plenty of NFL news, some college football news as well. We'll talk about the matchup that'll pit the Chiefs and the 49ers two weeks from yesterday. Coming up in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56, 98.5 FM. 